Like, first of all, what would happen in the morning time in the barracks? Well, that's the thing. In, a, in most military barracks, there's a very established routine. I mean, especially if there's training going on and uh, you know, there would be a Rivali parade. But if there's, uh, you know, in, in those days, it would have been between the hours of uh, 6 a.m., 8 a.m., the morning routine would start. And usually be probably about 8 a.m., there would be a morning check parade of all the troops and they would be, uh, they would be mustered on the square by their non-commissioned officers, corporals and sergeants, a senior NCO would uh, initially check off the parade and have them ready for inspection by uh, the garrison commander. A good target? Uh, like shooting fish in a barrel. And the, the thing is, in a wartime situation, you wouldn't normally, in nowadays, you wouldn't have such a thing. But here, what you had was a curious thing. You had an army trying to establish itself uh, as a, a formal force that was also doing this in the maelstrom of what was developing into a civil war. So... For the uh, opportunist uh, irregular commanders in the area, they realised that uh, if they uh, that they were going to be provided with the very easy targets, because these were new uh, soldiers, very young men for the most part who hadn't fought in the War of Independence, who were being knocked into shape as soldiers. Now, you, so you can imagine, it would be a little bit like the Viet Cong having, uh, back in the days of the Vietnam War, not being able to attack American troops uh, in their bases in Vietnam, but being able to attack them in their training depots back in the likes of Paris Island and Fort Benning in Georgia where they would be least expecting an attack. And that's exactly what happened with regard to the uh, Republican forces' attack on Griffith Barracks back at the, the uh, early stages of the Civil War. And, and yet, despite the fact it was like shooting fish in a barrel, there was one horse killed, a butcher killed, one soldier killed and 18 wounded. Well, that's the, the, the thing that probably saved more men's lives on both sides in the Irish Civil War was the fact that so many of the, the rank and file on both sides were very badly trained and had very little experience. Uh, you had this huge swelling of the ranks of the Free State Army during the truce. So a lot of the ordinary rank and file soldiery were 16, 17, 18 years of age, had only the rudiments of training. Uh, the same with the irregulars. Uh, the irregulars sought to boost their forces with young, bright-eyed young men full of idealism, but very little military experience. You know, the, the essentials to both sides were the experienced middle managers, the people who would have filled the roles of NCOs and junior officers, and they were stretched to capacity. So uh, in addition to that as well, it's interesting to note that uh, most, despite the fervour and the rhetoric and the bloodthirsty rhetoric, most young men, when they get involved in an army and they're in action, especially in the early days, they don't really want to kill their fellow man. And uh, very few of them actually shoot to kill, and very few of them in the early stages actually shoot at all. And with regard to uh, the weaponry that was being used at the time, these, these studies that were carried out going back to the US Civil War sometimes showed how some incidents happened where uh, weapons exploded because extra rounds had been loaded down on other ones, where uh, there had been a jam or where somebody didn't fire their weapon in the first place. If it was in the days of old breech-loading weapons. Uh, yeah, they, they used to find at the end of Civil War engagements when they were collecting muskets that one musket had up to 10 musket balls in it. So that was an individual who had loaded his weapon, aimed, didn't fire, loaded it again as he would have done as uh, under orders in a firing line. Mm-hmm. So he would have had variations he on didn't, that. He didn't want to kill someone. He, did, he didn't want to take the responsibility to have to shoot and kill somebody. He wasn't that emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. And when there's a little bit of distance and it's, they're doing it for the first time, that tends to happen. And so people maybe are blasting away, but they're not blasting at anything in particular. So you think these guys who were up in the rooftops, you know, with their Lewis guns and their Thompson guns, you know, if they've been trained soldiers, it might have been a massacre of some kind. If they were trained, so trained, experienced soldiers, one of the things that makes a difference is that eight men with a good fire team commander, you know, who's directing fire and ensuring that the three or four men are directing their rounds onto a target, can be devastating. 
know, three or four men with the, that can use their weapons are able to fire in bursts, uh, conserve their ammunition. They're aiming at targets that they've observed. They have a lot of marksmanship training behind them, so they're actually aiming to hit their target. That can be devastating. You know, you can have four or five men hold down a, an entire uh, a battalion or a brigade trying to come through an area if they're able to utilise tactics and fi- fire discipline, really. But and these guys probably... No, I would say you had, uh, certainly having Lee Enfields and Lewis guns, they should have been able to uh, do much more damage. There should have been, your uh, your figure was that I think there was only one actual fatality mm-hmm. and then others that died from their wounds. Yeah, out of 100. Out, out of 100. 100 square. Yeah, I mean, it, with it, the fact that they got to set themselves up, they were using uh, weapons that would have had, uh, that would have been ideal for a little bit of distance and they would have time to zero in on their targets. There should have been at least 10 killed mm-hmm. in that situation. Uh, again, lack of marksmanship, lack of training, and maybe lack of will to actually want to kill one another by the, the new young uh, soldiers on either side. Sure. That brings us to the, the, the other side of the story, which is um, there was a man, James Spain, who was sort of hunted down and killed afterwards. You pictured the situation. Uh, you have a number of terrorised young Free State soldiers who were on the receiving end of uh, uh, a lot of hot lead, and uh, suddenly their uh, officers and NCOs managed to gather them together into a cohesive force. They respond. Uh, they retaliate and they manage to capture somebody because heretofore they were shooting into the thin air. They wouldn't. I'm sure that in the initial onslaught they wouldn't have even been able to respond. One thing an ordinary infantry soldier is trained to do when he comes under fire is to uh, this, they call it dash down, cover, crawl, observe, sights, fire. But so you get out of the firing. You you dash out of the way. Then you throw yourself to the ground and maybe roll a bit. So you're you're assuming that somebody has you in their sights. So if you just get down and start firing from where you stand, you're probably going to be shot. So you get out of the, the initial firing line, get yourself into some sort of cover, then immediately observe to see where the fire is coming from, then sight in on a target, find a target, and then start returning fire. It's very methodical, it makes sense, and it's a thing that you drill into infantry troops in the early stages, so that they also have something to do, that they don't respond to their own adrenaline and fear. Mm-hmm. Now. You can imagine uh, that training wouldn't have really have been at that level within the Free State Army. And all of these young Free State soldiers would have been juiced up in adrenaline. Their NCOs and officers would have been juiced up on a sense of revenge. And uh, they managed to actually catch something. They have a tangible target now. And so it's not unusual then that, I mean, it's de- the officers should have shown restraint there and behaved in a professional manner. But sadly, too many of the officers, efficient as they were maybe in leadership and uh, conducting the war, were too emotionally connected, and they'd have seen they would have seen this as an unwarranted attack on their men when most of them wouldn't have even been armed. So they wouldn't have cared too much about the unfortunate Mr. Spain getting a bullet in the head. 